Hello and welcome to the Once Was Lost podcast. We are the partner podcast to the OWL Once Was Lost Missing Persons phone tool. It's a phone application. You put it right on your phone and God forbid the worst happens. You have children, you have elderly adults. Even if you just have friends that have children, you, you need to have this app. It's completely free. Um, you know, it's taken care of by one individual. And just like this podcast, you know, we're just we're one man teams here of two people. So that's why we need your help as much as possible as well with Patreon. It goes directly to help the podcast. I'm sorry, to, with the application, the phone app to make sure that it's working 24 seven for you guys uh, after you've downloaded it. You can go to the website, owl-oncewaslost, as I mentioned. Just go there and you can download both of them from one location. Uh, Patreon is the patreon.com slash oncewaslost podcast. That's very, very easy. That would really help. Even just $3 a month, again, goes to helping the phone app, the Owl Once Was Lost Missing Phones person's tool. So today we're doing a missing persons case, of course, on Tiffany Sessions. We'll get right into that. Tiffany was born on October 29th, 1968 to her parents, Patrick and Hillary Sessions. An only child, her parents would divorce a few months shy of her first birthday, and she would eventually have a half-brother via her father's second marriage. The Sessions family were well-known in their South Florida community, Patrick was a popular marketing executive with a large real estate company and was one to oversee the creation of Weston, known at the time as one of the biggest building projects in the United States. I can attest to that. Weston is a huge area in South Florida, out in, uh, west of uh, I-95. His love of business had an impact on his daughter, with Tiffany hoping to follow in his footsteps and one day run her own business. Known by her nicknames, Tiffy, Tiffer, and Peanut, Tiffany was a girl with a very bright smile and warm personality, someone who was always willing to help others. Known for living an active lifestyle, she participated in horseback riding, tennis, and was known to love boating as well. She was also family-oriented, spending her school and summer breaks with her loved ones. Growing up, Tiffany was very close to her mother, and the relationship would remain strong into her early adulthood with the pair speaking on the phone daily. Hillary, a member of the United States Air Force, traveled a lot, and Tiffany was always by her side. Due to this distance, Tiffany wasn't as close with her father, with the pair only growing closer upon her entering her teen years. In 1989, Tiffany was a junior at the University of Florida in Gainesville, where she was majoring in finance. Those around her knew how seriously she took her studies, given her aspirations for the future. While attending university, she resided at the Casablanca East Condominiums, located between Williston Road and Archer Road in the 2600 block of Southwest 35th Place. Between 4 p.m. and 5 p.m. on February 9, 1989, Tiffany informed her roommate Kathleen Frieza that she would be going for a power walk along Williston Road as part of the new exercise regime she had started up after returning from Christmas break. The route would see her walk east on Southwest 35th Place to Hickory Apartments, a nearby apartment complex, before turning south toward Williston Road and down the western section of the street before turning around at the Nationwide Insurance 
office. As she was planning on being gone for only a short period of time, she left behind her wallet, keys, and identification. Kathleen was expecting Tiffany to be back at the apartments by 7 p.m. as she had a pharmacology exam on campus. However, several hours passed with no word from her roommate. Very worried, Kathleen drove the route she would typically run, hoping to spot her, but saw no sign of her. And at 9 p.m., approximately five hours after Tiffany left the apartment, Kathleen alerted Hillary Sessions to her daughter's disappearance. This led to the authorities being notified. Initially, the authorities did not handle Tiffany's disappearance as a crime, given she hadn't been missing all that long and they'd been unable to locate an actual crime scene. Again, guys, another reason why you want to have this OWL app on your phone. You run that so you can upload the information of your loved one and have all the other OWL members all in that area. We do it within a 40-mile radius, would be out you know, looking, you know, keeping their eyes and ears open for anything at all. So this can really, really help quite a bit. So there was no indication that she left the apartment complex's parking lot, nor were there any signs of a struggle inside or outside of her apartment. Despite this, they still had crews out searching for clues, but all came up empty. Two weeks after she went missing, the case's status was changed from a missing persons investigation to a likely kidnapping. Initially, investigators had a handful of potentially uh, potential persons of interest who they felt could have had a high hand in Tiffany's disappearance. These included a local motorcycle gang, a truck driver known as the Highway Killer, and a small-time drug dealer whom Tiffany had briefly dated. However, there was no evidence to link any of these individuals to the case. Shortly after Tiffany told the roommate she was going out for a walk, numerous witnesses came forward to say they'd seen a woman matching her description speaking to several unidentified individuals in a vehicle. She may have gotten into the car herself, but they were uncertain, and police have never been able to confirm if the woman was in fact Tiffany. Approximately one week after his daughter's disappearance, Patrick organized one of the largest search parties in Florida's history, with over 700 volunteers stepping up to help, including students from the University of Florida, Marine Reservists, recruits from Orlando's Naval Training Center, and members of the Miami Dolphins pro football team. This was just one of many steps he took to personally ensure that all was being done to find Tiffany. Along with the search, he also set up a hotline, which at one point during the investigation was receiving 600 calls a day, and he raised a substantial reward for information at that time, $250,000 for a safe return and $100,000 for tips leading to the location of her kidnappers. Patrick also utilized the media to help spread word of the case. He organized a press conference with John Walsh, Miami Dolphins quarterback Dan Marino, and future Florida Governor Jeb Bush, which launched the case into the national spotlight. A few months after Tiffany's disappearance, Patrick held a meeting with the case's main investigators, private detectives, forensic psychologists, and a behavioral analyst from the FBI, all of whom were frustrated at the lack of leads in the investigation. They began to theorize that any and all possibilities, including if the kidnapping was a random act of violence or if it was done by someone seeking revenge on Patrick or a male who had been romantically rejected by Tiffany. Missing person flyers were distributed throughout Florida and into Georgia. Tiffany's image was also featured on billboards across Florida 
and the Rolex watch she was known to wear and was also missing was flagged in the case someone tried to sell in case someone tried to sell it or pawn it it can be identified by its unique serial number R6009006 i think that's one of the most important parts of this case too because if it was pawned or it's, it wouldn't be sitting there for too long someone would have purchased it if anybody has a rolex from around that time that they had picked up from a pawn shop in that area they need to be checking that number months into the investigation a man contacted patrick saying he knew where Tiffany was and that she was sick and in need of medical assistance. He requested $25,000 from Patrick and threatened Tiffany's life if he was not paid. This resulted in a wild goose chase across the Miami area before the FBI caught the man and proved the whole thing had been a hoax. He was subsequently sentenced to six years in prison for the crime, and rightfully so. This would be the first of three extortion attempts on the Sessions family. In 1994, a missing child's hotline was contacted with the caller claiming Tiffany was being held against her will in Austin, Texas, along with two other women, Tracy Crow, who had gone missing from Pennsylvania in 1989, and Elizabeth Miller, who had disappeared from Colorado in 1983. According to the anonymous caller, the three of them had been forced into prostitution by their abductors. Police departments from three states came together to investigate the potential lead, but later determined it, determined it had also been a hoax. There have been numerous witnesses of Tiffany, including one that say she was working as a caregiver at an elderly center in Hawaii. However, all of these reported sightings have become false alarms. And in 2007, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement handed out decks of cards to small jails in the state, which featured information about numerous unsolved cases, including Tiffany's disappearance. New leads came in as a result of the cards, but few details have been released regarding them. That same year, the sheriff's office reported that they were pursuing two leads, one about a suspicious person and a vehicle description, and the other about a suspicious person who lived near Tiffany's apartment at the time of her disappearance. As of publishing, there have been no arrests or charges in relation to the case. Given she has not been seen since the day she disappeared, police are working on the theory that Tiffany was murdered. According to the FBI, the search for her is still the largest in Florida's history as thousands of tips were called in and hundreds of people were involved in the investigation. They've shared that some of the tips have actually helped solve other unrelated crimes. Police are still digging up suspected grave sites and using cadaver dogs to search any areas of interest. The Sessions family is currently offering a $25,000 reward for information regarding the case. They continue to work closely with the Alachua County Sheriff's Office and the Florida Department of Law Enforcement to find her remains and or convict those involved in her disappearance. Tiffany's dental records and DNA are available for comparison. She had been compared to numerous Jane Doe's found throughout the United States, including the Sarasota County Jane Doe, Bitter Creek Betty, the 1990 Hillsborough Jane Doe, and the Fond du Lac County Jane Doe. The prime suspect in, Kif in Tiffany's kidnapping and presumed murder is Paul Eugene Rowles, a convicted murderer and someone who was well known to stalk women, break into their apartments, and peep through their windows. He has a long criminal history, which features numerous crimes against women. 
On March 31st of 1972, he was sentenced to life in prison for the brutal murder of his neighbor, Linda Fida, but was released from prison in 1985 after completing a sex offenders program. In 1994, he was sentenced to 19 years for several offenses, including sexual battery, lewd and lascivious molestation, and attempted sexual battery in relation to the kidnapping of a 15-year-old girl from Clearwater, Florida, in February of that year. He should have never been allowed out of prison, folks. I, I have no idea why just completing that sex offender program would get him out of life in prison. So in 1990, he'd drawn the attention of authorities after the Gainesville student murder. This before drifter Danny Rawling pled guilty to the slayings. On April 16, 1991, the Alachua County Sheriff's Office questioned him after he was spotted in a wooded area on the south side of the city near Biffin's Arm Nature Park behind a business in the 3500 block of South Main Street. They believed him to be a burglar as he'd been caught with gloves and a towel, but the attending officers were not aware of his background and didn't have any evidence that a break-in had occurred. Rouse moved to Gainesville just nine months before Tiffany's disappearance, and he held down jobs delivering pizza for Pizza Hut and scaffolding equipment for Crom Equipment Rentals, the latter of which involved him attending a construction project along the missing woman's jogging route. According to those who worked with him, he did not show up for work the day she was last seen. Given the criminal history and evidence found in his jail cell after his death in February 2013, it's believed he was a serial killer and that Tiffany was his second victim. Investigators found a notebook that contained information about the people he murdered, and while it did not directly name Tiffany, he had written the number two next to the date of her disappearance. So it showed up as the number two, and then 2989, and then the number two again after it, and made possible references to two other victims, Linda Fida and another woman, 21-year-old Elizabeth Foster, whose body was found in a shallow grave only a mile from where Tiffany disappeared. Once they were able to link the cases, investigators searched the site where Elizabeth's remains had been found, but found no trace of Tiffany. Investigators spoke with Ralph's second wife's grandson, whom she'd raised as her own child, as his mother had given birth to him while she was a teenager. He said that he recalled Ralph's receiving an expensive-looking watch for Christmas in 1993, he had given it to his mother. This led the police to speculate on whether it could have been Tiffany's missing Rolex watch. However, this led nowhere, as his mother was known to pawn a lot of jewelry, and investigators were unable to find records regarding her pawning a watch. In 2013, Patrick received an email from a woman asking for his forgiveness surrounding a memory she wanted to recount. On February 10th of 1989, she was just 16 years old, and had decided to drive to her father's for the night. He lived a few miles north of Gainesville. On the way, she'd rounded a curve in a rural wooded area approximately 10 miles outside of the city and saw a distressed blonde girl run into the middle of the road. Alarmed, the woman ran her car off the road and into a ditch. While trying to back out, she saw a man exit a red truck that was hidden along the tree line and approach the girl. Terrified, the woman immediately drove away and when discussing what she'd witnessed with her father, she was told by him that what she'd seen was likely a lover's dispute. However, 
As she began to see news coverage of Tiffany's disappearance, she wondered if the girl she had seen had been the missing 20-year-old. Patrick put the woman in touch with the police who had her take a polygraph test and undergo hypnosis in the hopes more details would emerge. They had her direct them to the curve on Racetrack Road and team of cadaver dogs were sent into search in the woods there, but unfortunately, they did not get any hits. In 2014, a search was conducted of a 10-acre area on U.S. Route 441 at Williston Road near the security mini-storage on Southwest 13th Street. The area was of interest because it was a mile from a Steak and Shake restaurant. Investigators brought the woman Rouse had kidnapped back in 1994 as she had recalled them stopping at a restaurant sharing that name during her abduction. While she couldn't be sure it was the same area, the woods had creeped her out enough for her not to be asked to be taken away. She wanted to be taken away from that area. She was so freaked out. Another search was conducted in February of 2020, this time in an unspecified area of northeastern Alachua County. A tip had come in about it being a place where Rouse frequently frequented while he was alive, with the witness saying they remembered seeing a red truck and a man matching his description, dragging a woman who resembled Tiffany off the road and into the woods. The once wooded area had been searched before, but as the land had since been cleared, a more thorough search could be done with the assistance of other law enforcement agencies. Unfortunately, the cadaver dogs were unable to detect or recover remains, although it has been reported they did alert to some sort of evidence, which is currently being processed. The Sessions family, as well as investigators, believe him to be responsible for Tiffany's disappearance, with police calling him the most significant suspect ever identified in the case. The case they have against him is circumstantial, as they have yet to find a DNA match to establish a link between him and Tiffany, but they say his documentation of two other victims and the reference made to Tiffany is highly significant. Michael Christopher Knickerbocker was initially considered a suspect in the case as well. A repeat sex offender, he had been convicted of numerous sex offenses and other crimes, including the 1989 rape of a 20-year-old Gainesville college student and the first-degree murder of a 12-year-old girl from Stark, Florida. That's horrible. According to a jailhouse informant, he told other inmates that he chained Tiffany to a tree near Gainesville before murdering her and disposing of her remains in the Colossahatchee River near Fort Myers, Florida on the night she went missing. A search was conducted of the area, but nothing of value was recovered. The informant also delivered a letter that had been written by Knickerbocker himself, but many related to the case feel it to be an empty boast, and Knickerbocker himself has said that his confession was also a very cruel joke. Knickerbocker is said to have also commented on the sweatshirt Tiffany had been wearing on the night she went missing, saying he'd buried it outside of Gainesville. In August of 2002, investigators searched that area and recovered a piece of blood-soaked material, which did not appear to have come from the sweatshirt. DNA testing was conducted, but the results have not been made public. At one point during the investigation, he was considered a strong enough suspect by Patrick and Hillary that they both signed letters giving their permission to Alachua County prosecutors to waive the death penalty if Knickerbocker led them to Tiffany's remains. It has been noted by many that Knickerbocker was living in the vicinity 
of his 12-year-old murder victim, whereas he wasn't living in Gainesville at the time of Tiffany's disappearance. In the aftermath, Hillary wrote and published a book about Tiffany titled, Where's My Tiffany?, which describes the joy she experienced when raising her daughter and the sadness she felt as a result of losing her. The Sessions family launched the Tiffany Sessions Project on Facebook, where they provided updates about the case, which coincided with a now-defunct website Patrick created. The Facebook page has not been updated since February of 2015. Hillary now dedicates her time to helping other children as the Director of Child Protection Education of America, the second largest missing children's organization in the United States, along with training kids on how to protect themselves in the event of an attempted abduction. It also group fingerprints them, distributes photographs of missing children, and offers support for their families. In February of 2009, Hillary planted a memorial tree for Tiffany outside of the Alachua County Sheriff's Office. Tiffany Louise Sessions went missing from the 2600 block of Southwest 35th place in Gainesville, Alachua County, Florida, on February 9, 1989. She was 20 years old and was last seen wearing a long-sleeved white pullover sweatshirt with gray horizontal stripes and the word Aspen stitched in green lettering along the lower front of the collar. She had red sweatpants, either blue or white low-cut Reebok sneakers, and a two-tone lady silver and 18-karat gold Rolex watch with a blue-tinted face with the serial number again, R-6009006. She was also carrying a black Sony Walkman radio. While her ears are each pierced once, she is not believed to have been wearing earrings at the time she went missing. At the time of her disappearance, Tiffany stood at five foot three and weighed approximately 125 pounds. She had wavy shoulder-length strawberry blonde hair, with light blonde hair lights in it, and her eyes are described as being either brown or hazel. Her teeth have had numerous defining marks. Her lower front tooth is also chipped. She has different color fillings on several of her front teeth, the result of a horseback riding accident from when she was a child, and the middle tooth on her bottom jaw has no enamel. She has numerous scars as well, including a crescent-shaped one on her left knuckle with five stitch marks. Several stitch marks on the top of her right ear from where a skate pick hit her and possible scarring on the inside of both ears from previous operations. Currently, the case is classified as endangered missing, with investigators working off the theory that Tiffany was murdered not long after her abduction. If alive, she would be 52 years old today. Those with information regarding the case are asked to contact the Alachua County Sheriff's Office at either 352-367-4000 or 352-384-3323. Tips can also be called in directly to the cold case unit at 352-367-4161. So that's going to do it for this case on Tiffany Sessions today. Please, again, remember to rate and uh, do a review if you'd like. Please give us five stars, If again, if you like what we're doing. Again, it's a, it's a one-man operation. And also on the phone app, the Owl Once Was Lost Missing Persons phone app. Please remember to download that. It is so important. If you do just do anything, do that. You can also donate to this 
uh, operation for the phone app on Patreon at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Once Was Lost Podcast. And that can help us. Even just $3 a month is a, is a huge deal. And we already have uh, a number of Patreon supporters now. So help join that bunch and uh, make sure that this app is available for everybody, that uh, it's always up 24-7, uh, you know, 356 days a year. So that'll do it for today, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.